Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalong. FM 104. It's Gormick and Saoirse here on Room 104. Good evening. Now, um, one of the, 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 not leading causes, but big contributors to the decline in people's mental health is always touted as your smart device and your phone, that you're locked to the screen 24-7. It's interrupting sleep and a lot of bad things uh, can happen from that. But can you use technology like your smartphone to help and to give you an indication of the state of your mental health? Well, researchers have been doing that. And a really interesting study came out looking into the, the use and the impact of how your smart smartphone could be used and some of its sensors with regards to treating your mental health and observing your mental health and doing a, a lot of various different interesting things. To tell us a little more about that this evening, a research assistant professor from Northwestern University's Feinberg School of Medicine, um, which is we're very delighted to have him on the show this evening. Uh, Jonah Meyerhoff, sir, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Now, tell us a little bit about this uh, study. Like, what have you looked into? One of the things that's required to understand how people are doing is that people often have to fill out and self-report um, the kinds of information around, you know, their mood, their sleep, things that are really first of all, burdensome and time-consuming to do. And then also, um, they're subject to things like recall biases. So basically, uh, sometimes people look back on the last two weeks, which is often what depression assessments look at, um, and say, oh yeah, you know what, I, I, I actually was feeling way worse over the last two weeks than maybe they actually were. Um, or there are other biases, like recency biases that can creep in. And one of the things that we thought to be able to do is to look at how we can use networked sensors, so sensors that are already in your smartphone, to see if we can estimate and predict how some of these we call sensed behaviors or personal sensing can be associated with some of these depression outcomes. So some of the things that signaled depression. Presume, was it things like your activity monitor even that like if someone was slightly more physically active, that might be a better indicator of, of where they are? We looked more at um, definitely activity has been associated in other studies with depression outcomes. So how active you are, how much you exercise, that sort of thing. But in our study, we looked at actually GPS locations. So how much time you spend in certain locations, um, how rapidly you transition between different locations that you regularly visit, um, and how many different locations that you tend to visit on a regular basis. Um, those are things that were really strongly associated with uh, changes in depression. So for example, the more locations you visited, the better uh, you, the 
lower your depression tended to be a couple weeks later. So not that we're not establishing anything causal. So it's not a uh, this, you know, your depression decreased because you visited more places. But what we're seeing is some relationship between the number of places people tend to visit uh, and how severe their depression symptoms are. And what would you say for someone that might say this is counterproductive? You know, you're staying on your phone now you're kind of obsessing over, you know, whether I am depressed, I'm not depressed. Is the best idea not just to go off technology altogether? So this is a great question. And actually, one of the things that is really interesting and important about uh, um, why we did this study is actually it doesn't you don't have to be using your phone actively to to learn this information. It's really about um, passive sensing. So the things that your phone picks up, even when it's just in your pocket walking around. Um, So you don't actually have to be using your phone for us to detect how you're doing it. You don't have to spend more time on it. You don't have to use it more. In fact, it's really just about how you use it in your everyday life that we can pick up and extract some of these features from from how you regularly use your your smartphone. Um, It is really interesting because obviously, as you said, there is a link between maybe the amount of places you're going to and that might infer you're maybe meeting more people or just engage with more people, which might help your mood. And then conversely, if you're going to really negative places, like could you hone in on any time you're going to this person's house or anytime you're going to work, you are getting very, very depressed. So like, stop doing that. So could you isolate from or, you know, lean towards the pros and cons based on this kind of data? Yeah. So in theory, yes, Um, it's not exactly what we looked at here, um, but there are ways to start isolating different kinds of locations. And actually, Actually, we did take a look at the types of locations people visited and how long they spent in those kinds of locations. So we didn't find any um, strong associations between things like religious activities, work duration. Uh, We did find, and this is not exactly clear, it's a difficult finding for us to interpret, um, exercise locations. So for example, gyms. But yes, there are ways that we can start to look at the kinds of locations that are associated with different with different kind of depression symptom severities. Absolutely. And when you were doing the study, did you come across anything that was really surprising to you? You know, a couple of things. One, one of the things that I think we found that was surprising, it, it's not just the locations that you're visiting um, or the, the number of locations you're visiting. It, it has to do, there are different layers of this. So for example, the time you spend in different locations and how much variability there are in locations. The thing that we also took a look at that was a little bit surprising is we looked at generalized anxiety symptoms. So these are things like restlessness, um, feeling really keyed up or on edge. And we actually didn't find any strong associations between the features that we looked at Uh, with anxiety symptoms broadly. We did, though, look at things like the number of text messages you send or calls you send and receive. Um, And we did find an association between the number of calls and increases in things like social anxiety. And so, for example, for certain people, uh, specifically people who have a tendency towards social anxiety symptoms, the more calls people make, and this is understandable, the more calls people make, um, the higher their social anxiety symptoms tend to be, right? The more you're calling people, if that's something that you're sensitive to, of course, your depre- your uh, anxiety symptoms around that are going to be greater. So then when you're looking at all this data that you have, then are you able to make better choices or plans to, to, to kind of tell people you're working with or, you know, how to 
imp- improve and you know to stop making so many calls or stop going to the gym or or how can they use that to help themselves go forward then so i think this is the ultimate goal we're not there yet um but i think the ultimate goal is to be able to develop uh, tools that live on people's smartphones that can analyze this data on the smartphone without having to send it somewhere else so that privacy can be preserved and to be able to deliver what are called real-time or just-in-time interventions, things that tell people, hey, you know, it looks like you haven't been out of your house for a little bit. Why don't you pick a location, just as an example, why don't you pick somewhere new to go explore? Um, you know, this is a couple of years down the line, but it is already starting to be implemented in different kinds of studies. For example, um, you mentioned activity levels, and this is already being done around wearables like Fitbits or uh, smart devices where the number of steps people take is tracked pretty regularly. And so your Fitbit or something like that already does this sort of thing where they tell you, hey, looks like you haven't moved in an hour. Why don't you get up and move? Hmm. These are the kinds of things that we're going to start to look at doing with mental health outcomes. Is this still in a trial phase now or can we get our hands on it? Yeah, so this is still uh, something that is experimental. It's a research tool um, and you know, the interventions that help support these what are called just-in-time interventions, these things that are geared towards uh, increasing your mental health strength and and resilience, uh, these are things that aren't yet developed um, for, you know, broadly, certainly not in the way that we're looking at these kinds of things, but it is on the horizon for sure. And anything else that you found particularly interesting or worth mentioning before we wrap up from this? You know, I think one of the things that I I, I found particularly interesting about this data is it's there is an idea that moving through space can be useful, moving through kind of just geographic space, not not even the number of locations, but just traveling and and seeing different places um, is a useful tool. Now, I'm not talking about traveling you know, across the globe, but mm. just moving through space tends to be useful and may have some um, real impact on how our mood functions. And I think for me, that is a really useful tool, um, especially now that people tend to be required to stay home and that it's really tough to get out. And there's lots of barriers. People are facing very real barriers and understandable barriers. But the idea that even just getting out for a walk might be a useful tool is something that I've certainly taken to heart uh, and for me has been useful. Um, and I think is a, an interesting finding that more research is needed on. I think it's definitely well needed. Um, if anybody wants to learn any more about what you're doing, where can they go find you online? Yeah, so um, I'm on Twitter, Jonah J. Meyerhoff. And then our website is cbitshealth.northwestern.edu. Brilliant. Well, it's fascinating. I'm sure we'll be hearing a bit more about it a few years down the line, but very best of luck with it. Thanks a million for popping on and speaking with us, uh, Jonah Meyerhoff. Thanks a million. Thanks for having me and nice to talk with you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.